I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 189 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to connect with you. And if we have not turned this one-way street into a two-way street, please come join me over on Instagram. That is the place where I am sharing more inspiration, tips, advice, behind the scenes, all that kind of fun stuff. And also please send me a DM. I would love to know a little bit more about you, who you are, and how I can best support you. If you're not on Instagram, not to worry, you can drop me a line over at veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. Please introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about you. Ask me some questions. I would love to know how I can best support you. All right. So we are getting really close to episode 200, and this just feels like a really big milestone. I'm going to celebrate it somehow. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet, but we'll be doing something fun for the community. So make sure you stay tuned for that so that you don't miss the announcement because whatever it is, it will probably be time sensitive. So make sure you keep listening to the episodes around, well, hopefully keep listening to all of them, but definitely listen to the episodes around 200 so you don't miss out on whatever fun thing I'm going to do in celebration of that. And This also just feels like an anniversary for my business. I started my business in January 2015, but I started this iteration of my business in January 2016, which is also when I started this podcast. So, you know, my business is four or five years old, depending on when you start counting. I don't really count the first year because that first year was just a big (laughs) shit show to say the least. And I'm going to talk about that more actually a little bit on the podcast in December. So make sure you stay tuned for that if you are just kind of curious or if you are a coach yourself and you want to know what not to do. I have got all of that and more coming to you. But before we get there, you know, I just want to say that again, like I've been just reflecting on where I was as a coach and where my business was in January 2016. And yeah, I've got bigger goals. I've got other places that I want to get my business to. I want to publish this book that I'm writing. I want to create retreats and other kinds of programs and ways that I can work with clients But I'm also taking a moment to just pause and celebrate and really relish where I am, not to my own horn right now, but just also to offer a reminder to you to celebrate where you are. I know you may not be exactly where you want to be in your career or your love life or your health or friends or community or whatever it is, but you are farther along than you think. 
even if it's not showing up physically yet, you have grown in some ways emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And I want you to celebrate all of the wins, big and especially the small ones, because usually most of accomplishing goals is just about small win after small win after small win. And then all of a sudden, we're like, Oh, cool, I'm here. I totally missed it. So I don't want you to miss it. And it also just makes the journey a lot more fun. And when the journey is a lot more fun, it makes it way more likely that you are going to reach your goal or something better. So take a moment, celebrate. Let me know what you're celebrating. If you drop me a line on my contacts page or on Instagram, I would love, love to know. And speaking of my business along the way, I have learned a lot about what it takes to build a business. And I don't pretend to have a secret formula that works for everyone. The truth is, is that everyone will create a business model that works for them based on their constitution, based on their personality, based on their goals, based on how they want to work with people, based on how their audience wants to work with them, and a whole lot more factors. And one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in my business over the past four years is really falling prey to a lot of the marketing. So if you are a business owner, or if you are a life coach or healing and helping entrepreneur in any way, you likely have probably seen some Facebook ads telling you, this is how I made $100,000 in 30 days or how I made my million dollars in my first year of business or whatever. And it sounds really good. And so you download the free thing or you go to the free workshop and then all of a sudden you're in someone's marketing funnel and they're selling you this thing. And it's really easy to kind of fall prey to it and to buy it. Now, I'm not saying it's bad that they're selling their product. If they think that they can help you, that's fine. They're allowed to do that. It's a free country and I sell. I have no problem with selling. That's what a business is. And that's just how businesses work, whether it's a coaching business or Amazon, whatever. And speaking of business, I had a really hard time my first couple of years because I could just not get clients to save my life. And I thought that maybe no one wanted to hire coaches. I thought maybe it was just too expensive and nobody wanted to pay for that. So instead of working on my sales skills, instead of really deepening into what my clients actually needed from me, and instead of working on my money mindset, I thought, okay, well, I guess the one-on-one model doesn't really work. So let me build a course or let me just do one-off sessions so that the price point is lower and that more people can do it, right? Then I'll make more money or the same amount of money, right? It is way, way, way harder to enroll five clients paying you $500 for a course than it is to enroll one client paying you $3,000 for a coaching package. It is way harder to constantly be trying to fill one-offs over and over and over again than to have one client pay you $3,000 for a coaching package. And I learned that the hard way. It cost me a lot of money. I wasted so much money. Oh my God, I wasted a lot. And I'll talk about this a little bit more later on this year. I'm gonna do some podcast episodes where I peel the curtain back a little bit more in my business. So look out for those episodes coming out in December. But until then, just know I wasted a ton of money and a ton of time. And the thing is, is that, you know, online, there was tons of marketing towards coaches, and it was all about how to build your list or how to get a bazillion followers on Instagram or how to create a course or whatever. And I fell for all of that. And I wasted a lot of time going through those courses, the freebies, the webinars. And again, I bought a lot of those things. So I wasted tons of money and a lot of money on Facebook ads. When the truth is, is that I could have had a much simpler business where I didn't feel like I had to feed the beast, you know, just make money to pay for my business by simply having more one-on-one clients and small groups of clients like I do in the Love Incubator. So if you are a new coach or you want to be a coach or you are a coach and you're just not getting the traction that you want, then I would love to invite you into the Soulful Coaches No BS Accelerator. This is a one-on-one business coaching program for coaches who really just want to create a thriving business that's low cost so you have high profit so that you can really create the impact that you want for your clients and your wider business community and in a way that supports you and your lifestyle. Now, I announced this earlier in the week to my newsletter subscribers. So depending on when you're listening to this, I may or may not have any spots available. 
So if you're interested, I recommend you go to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaches, and there you will find more information as well as the interest form. So go ahead and fill that out. And even if I don't have spots available now, I will likely be opening up spots later this year, or maybe January or so. And I would love to support you. This is a program where I'm not going to be making crazy promises like you're going to make $100,000 in 30 days. I am just going to help you get your next 10 clients. I'm going to help you work on your sales skills and create a marketing system that works for you so that you can enroll clients that are the right client for you and that are super excited to work with you so that you can really have that business where it feels like an even value exchange. They're paying you money for your time and your expertise, and you're providing value to them because you're able to help them in a pain point in their life. So again, I don't know at the time of this recording how many spots I have available right now, but I do encourage you to check it out. And if I don't have spots available to get on the wait list, because again, I will be opening up some more spots at some point, not exactly sure when, but I may not announce those spots to be open again to the public if there are enough people on the wait list to fill the next round of spots. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaches to learn more. And I've got some more FAQs there in case you have some questions around, well, I've never had a client or do I need to get trained first? I've got all of that covered for you. And of course, any other questions we will discuss on the phone before you decide to officially move forward, just so we can make sure it's a good fit around. So veronicagrant.com forward slash coaches. Okay, enough of that. Let's get back to Amanda and how to know to stay or leave in the relationship and how to best go about reconciling a relationship. Again, even if you are not actively reconciling a relationship or going back to an old relationship, I highly encourage you to listen because at the very end of the episode, I'm gonna talk about how to know when to stay or leave. And honestly, these are just some good things to keep in mind when you are dating just in general, or when you are in any kind of relationship with someone, because maybe what you think is normal is actually, well, it might be normal, but it might not be the healthiest thing in the world. So make sure you stay tuned until the end when I break all of that down. Without any further ado, let's get to my coaching call with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited that you're here and that I get to coach you. So what's your question? How can I help? Okay. Well, my question is, when reconciling, how do you prevent your individual issues with your partner from causing new issues? Like a little backstory on my reconciliation. Me and my ex-husband split up about a year and a half ago, and I ended up getting into a new serious relationship, and he did not. He dated and things. And my fear is that our issues from our marriage will restart. But his fear is that because I was able to move on, that I somehow don't love him as much as he loves me. Like, I guess he feels like if we were meant to be, I wouldn't have been able to move on and that kind of whole thought process. Yeah. So let me pause you there. Um, Cause I know there's, we were talking before we started recording. So I know there's more there, but I just want to start here. So first tell me, why did you guys get divorced in the first place? Well, we got divorced because he was very bad at lying. He had secrets and hid things from me. And I mean, he would lie about going to the store, you know, being late for work. There was some text messages when he worked out of town. I don't know of any physical cheating, but, you know, over the years, there was a lot of that. Um, just finding tech, but you know, I don't know that he actually like had a legit affair. It was just the trust issues was the main, we ended up having a lot of fights about money where he would lie about money. And that pretty much was what over the years, just for me on my end, he would say probably (laughs) other issues. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, this is your coaching session, not his. So let's focus on you. So did you decide to leave him or was it mutual or did he leave you ultimately? It was actually, we had a fight and he ended up leaving and going to his grandmother's for that, you know, but neither one of us tried to work it out until a few months later, he did reach out and want to, but I was already seeing someone else when he reached out. And so I refused, but Okay. It was mutual to begin with. Like we have just finally had the worst fight and we can't come back from it kind of was what we felt like. 
Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. And why do you want to get back together with them? Okay. Well, after the serious relationship, I started going on a little bit of a personal journey because a lot of the arguments and things, there wasn't, you know, the same type of line or anything, but the arguments, I would hear the same things about myself, you know, like, I don't let things go and I hold on to things. And when I'm mad, I just stay mad, you know, a lot of the same things. So I started doing some self-help stuff and reading about personal development. So I started realizing some things that I'd done in my marriage that I may have been able to change how I handled things and would have gotten different results. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out and after, you know, communicating back and forth on a lot of, you know, hard topics, we then decided to, because he had always wanted to, and I was afraid to, I felt like it was just going to be the same cycle. But I guess when I realized some of the things I was doing, I felt like, okay, I can actually change how I handle our situations. And I kind of wanted to see if those changes would make us happier. And so far they are like, we're getting Mm -hmm. along great other than us both having our individual fears of so okay so let me, let me pause let me pause you there do you feel like the issues in your marriage previously do you feel like they were more your fault with the way you handled things i don't feel like they were solely my fault but i feel like i came off very i'm okay i'm a people pleaser so mm-hmm. i will do lots of things and then expect And I didn't realize this about myself, but, you know, I would say, well, I did this, 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 and this, and you didn't do this, you know, and I would also blame, like, you know, let's say I left or I forgot something at the store. It would not be, oh, wow, I forgot something at the store. It would be, why didn't you remind me? You know, and I would kind of take out all of my stress on him. And then that made him not really feel like he could tell me the other things that he was having issues with, because if I'm getting mad about every little thing. Well, if he's feeling like he's not getting something from me, he definitely can't talk to me about it because I'm just going to be judgmental and I'm just going to point the finger at him. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, in my opinion, then was if you didn't do these things, I wouldn't fuss about them. You need to change. But then it was like my attitude when I said even that was so negative. Why would he change it? Yeah. So I just want to take a moment here. And first, I just want to pause and I want to acknowledge you for taking responsibility for some behavior that, you know, probably wasn't helpful in your marriage. Because a lot of times, you know, I know you're saying like, okay, I would just blame him when I say, well, why didn't you remind me to get da 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 da, right? Like, mm-hmm. we've all done that before, right? Like, this, right. Isn't, this is not just something that Amanda does. <laughs> right. And so, but it doesn't feel good and it certainly doesn't produce a space for healthy conversation, for love, trust, all of those types of things. So I love that you are taking responsibility and acknowledging your part and what went wrong in the first time you were married together. What has he done to take responsibility? Hmm. But for the actual actions, you know, he has said, you know, I messaged this girl for this, you know, he's explained his reasons why, but then he will, you know, he has also said, it's not an excuse. It wasn't okay, but he will break it down for me so that I have more of an understanding. And I think for him, I guess, kind of realizing what you had, it's also kind of changed his perspective, which has helped now. But I think he pretty much that's about the only thing that he's really changed. He says that he feels comfortable now talking to me about his emotions and things that bother him and that he doesn't have to put on a front with me because I'm not going to get mad. He says that I'm more open to listening and not just taking it as negative criticism or getting mad or offended. I'm more open and he feels more comfortable. And of course, I let, let me, let me pause you for a second. So tell me about your people pleasing habit. Where does that come from? Like you listen to my podcast. So I know that you know about inner child work. So if you were to quote unquote, psychoanalyze yourself, mm-hmm. why did you attract your husband and why are you a people pleaser? Okay. I am a people pleaser because I grew up with two alcoholic parents. Probably okay. they loved me spoiled rot and doted on me, but there were times where, you know, I didn't know if I was going to have the normal environment or an environment of a lot of people and drinking and loud music. And I think the instability of my childhood made me 
for one, have to really read people to know, like, is this a good person or a bad person and really judge situations. But also it made me feel like, why am I not good enough for them to stop? And so I would find other ways. I can remember, you know, being like 10 and covering my dad up when he had passed out on the couch. And I guess I felt like I had to take care of everybody. So then as an adult, and I have an autistic son, so I just have always felt like I have to constantly be doing for others or they're not going to want me around. But I didn't recognize that in myself. I just thought- So how did that play out on your marriage? My husband actually, when we got together, was very stable. Like he had a good job and he's kind of the opposite of my previous husband and my childhood. So I feel like he kind of represented, in my mind, this better lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But then I kind of held him accountable for that. Like you have to keep up with this nice house and this nice car. And if you don't, I'm going to be mad at you (laughs) because this is what you told me when we first got together, this is what you presented to me and you have to keep it. So if he lost his job or him, he lost his mom and he was, you know, it was like, I expected him to always be stable and not have issues, but I didn't attract him because he needed me. I think I more needed him in that. Oh, he needed you in some ways. <laughs> he did. Okay. Oh, I'm sure he, I mean, I'm sure he did. It's a two way street. And, but, here, yeah, but here's, here's what I want. There's the disconnect. So you're telling me that like he was stable, you could count on him, reliable, maybe like in material ways, right? Like he had the mm-hmm. job, he could provide yes. the house, the car, the money, all that kind of stuff. That's great. But like maybe five minutes ago, you also told me that there was a lot of lying. He would lie about everything. Yes. Well, the here's the disconnect. Okay. What happened was on our two-year anniversary, his mom passed away very suddenly at like, I think she was 45. And so this set off a lot of mental health issues for him. He ended up going and, you know, he says, you know, he didn't feel like he could process it. He had to be tough. And so he ended up having a lot of issues that resulted in him losing his job. You know, he had some surgeries and things, health issues happen. And then You know, it was just like he wasn't that perfect, stable. And I think me expecting that may have led him to lying and tech. Like he felt like he had to keep that for me or I was going to be unhappy. But he's also, I think, possibly a people pleaser. So I don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. If today's conversation resonated with you and this feels like something you need, it's possible. There are spots right now available to work with me privately. Together, we can unravel your dating patterns, clear your love blocks, and get you into the relationship you desire and deserve by digging into your constitution, your childhood, and your previous relationships. Working with me privately means I can meet you where you're at and hold your hand through the process. It doesn't matter if you've never done this work or you've been doing it for years. All that matters is that you're done with where you're at and you're ready to find love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest the time and money in radically changing your life. To explore if this is the right fit for you, please visit me at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more and schedule your introductory call with me. So there's a little bit of self-blame here, right? Like there's a little Mm -hmm. bit of, you know, it sounds like you were often the parent for your parents, right? Like covering Mm -hmm. up for your dad, taking care of him when he passed Mm -hmm. out or Maybe you were cleaning up after your parents if they had a bunch of people over drinking and the next day, like there was bottles mm-hmm. of food and crap everywhere. So you were the parent in your household growing up long before your time. Yes. Right? Yes. And so I feel like there's still a little bit of this dynamic going on right now that it sounds like it was going on in your marriage. And it sounds like it might be going on now because you're doing the work. You're here raising your hand saying, Hey, Veronica, like I'm really trying to grow here. I'm really trying Mm -hmm. to work on myself. I really want to try to make my marriage work. You're again, like doing all of the work, right? You're taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for your actions in your marriage that, you know, weren't the reason why they didn't work out, but it certainly didn't. Right. right? It's always a two-way street. It takes two to tango. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm just not getting the sense that your husband has been able to meet you halfway. And I'm wondering if there's like a little bit of playing out this old pattern of just kind of taking care of everyone. Yeah, a little bit. And I think that's my fear, like with my question of will the old problems resurface? Because he is 
great with listening and we communicate very well as long as we're not angry. But I feel like because we split up and there's this sense of like, I'm having to show more than he does. That's that's what I'm saying. That's part of the pattern. Like, why is the onus on you to show him how much you love him? It shouldn't be. I don't think that it should be. It shouldn't be. And here's the thing. Your initial (laughs) question, the essence of your question is, I'm not going to get the word for word right. But basically, like, is the same thing going to happen again? We're going to get in the same patterns or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. The short answer is yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you don't do the work. Now you're doing the work. And that's great. Like mm-hmm. you're cleaning up your side of the street. And again, I acknowledge you for that because it's not easy. It is not easy cleaning up your side of the street and taking responsibility and looking at old things like your childhood. Like, like that is hard work. Right. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes emotion. And like a lot of times all we want to do is just go watch Netflix. Right. So like, mm-hmm. like good for you. And I really do mean that. And I'm not getting the sense that your husband is giving the same amount of effort. It doesn't mean that the will isn't there. It doesn't mean the feelings or the love mm-hmm. isn't there, but he's got to do his own work too. Right. And he's got to understand whatever his pattern is, whether it's people pleasing, the lying. Like I hear that obviously the death of his mother, you know, was probably- Yeah, he has a lot of- Especially yeah, if it was like sudden. I just don't think that that's what started it. You know, it might have like triggered mm-hmm. it. I mean, everyone is playing out old childhood stuff. This is not his session right. to figure out what his childhood stuff. That's his responsibility. Are you guys in couples counseling? No. Okay. I so you suggest things like that? Well, I highly recommend couples counseling. Whenever there's a healthy relationship, there's three parts. There's you, there's your partner, and then there's the team. Okay. You're doing your work, right? You're here, you're getting coached, you're getting support, you're reading books, you're journaling, you're meditating, you're reflecting, like you're doing all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Your husband, it doesn't have to look exactly like that. Like I get the self-help industry is very much an industry for women by women. Like I get that, but Mm -hmm. there are some fantastic male coaches out there that speak to men. And I highly recommend he reads those books or he listens to those podcasts or he does his own therapy or whatever. So that's the second part of what needs to be done. And the third piece is your own couples counseling, couples therapy. I'm a big believer in couples therapy, not just for people who are on the brink of divorce or trying to reconcile. Just like how I think everyone should be in coaching or therapy, I think all couples should be in coaching or therapy. Like, I just think it's good. Like, it's just <laughs> healthy because when you're like living together and just like, yeah, you have a romantic relationship, but then you also are just trying to freaking do life together and pay bills and like not let the house get too mm-hmm. Maybe you have kids and trying to get food on the table. Like, it's just a lot, right? And so, it's very easy, you know, to get pissed off at each other or whatever. So, I highly recommend those three pieces need to happen. And if they don't, I would look, I'm not into ultimatums, but I would seriously be concerned if I were you about moving forward with the relationship. Right. And that's just because like, you know, you're kind of, it seems like you're kind of like in this in-between period of like, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Right. Yeah. I kind of feel like that. Cause I mean, we have these stretches of, but then there'll be something that he'll have a trigger or I'll have a trigger or, you know, and then it's like, Oh, I'm just kind of in my head today or, in my emotions or, you know, and and he'll say, you know, it's not your fault that this or that bothered me. And he's like, just going to work through it himself. But I have suggested, I've even played some of my podcasts that I thought related to us and, you know, about different things and he will listen to them, but maybe couples therapy would be even better where we could both talk and both be present. And it's not just me saying, Hey, listen to this. (laughs) Yeah, because I think when there's one partner that is more into self-help, personal development than the Mm -hmm. other person, then what can often happen is the person who's more into it can ultimately start becoming like your partner's coach and therapist. And um, that is not a good place to be in. That is not a place to foster connection and communication. And it can feel a little patronizing. Not that you're doing that to... And I don't want to do that. But it's just not your role. You're his partner, his wife, his lover, all of those things. And you're not his coach, you're not his therapist. So I highly recommend that. And that's and that's a recommendation that I give to any one of my clients that are trying to figure out a relationship where there's been like 
getting back together, breaking up. Um, Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there's a willingness. It sounds like he's open. It sounds like he's ripe for healing and growing. And so I don't want you to think, or anyone listening to this, to think that this relationship is is doomed or whatever. I think there's actually a lot of hope here that he seems to be willing to do his work. And, you know, obviously, obviously you are, he just simply needs to learn how to deal with his triggers because otherwise it will revert back to some form of something. (laughs) And I don't like feeling guilty for having another relationship during the breakup. I feel like I'm getting a guilt trip and then I get angry because I'm like, we wasn't together that shouldn't count against me somehow but yet he feels like somehow it does I feel like in couples therapy we could talk about that issue more and maybe I wouldn't feel guilty and then he wouldn't why do you feel constantly well I mean the way you know he feels hurt by like what I've done while we were split up um has somehow hurt why do you feel guilty I don't feel guilty I just feel like I feel bad like why do you feel bad I guess because I did move on. I did have another relationship. I did have happy moments in that relationship and he was miserable. You know, he didn't find someone that he could be happy with or have fun with or I mean any of those things. And I just feel like, I guess, a little bit of guilt that I was able to do that and he wasn't. And somehow it's like being held against me somehow. Yeah. So there's a lot more I'd want to go into more than we're going to have time here, but just a few, a few pieces that come to mind as you share that is one, I kind of wonder, you know, the guilt of being happy when someone else isn't, that's going to come directly from your childhood. That's going to come directly into inner child work. That's a classic people pleaser. Like Mm -hmm. I can't go get manicures because then I'm going to be happy and then I'm going to feel guilty or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. is selfish, right? So that's where that's coming from. I'm also without diving into it, I can't be f- certain, but I would be, I don't know if I was a betting woman, which I'm not, but I say that all the time. I would say that it wasn't that you moved on. It's just that you replaced the feeling somewhere else. So whatever the hurt or the confusion or the issues that you had with your ex-husband, you know, you just filled that void with, with someone else as a way. Yes. And that is ultimately why that did not work out (laughs) because I should have took the time to process the hurt from my divorce before trying. And I've kind of explained that. And that was a lot of why I wanted to reconcile because I said, you know, I'm not finished with my marriage. There's still a lot there that I was trying to cover up with someone else. And I need to either find a healthy place with that or I need to be able to let it go mm-hmm. before I could have another healthy relationship. Are you and your husband living so together? I'm hoping that maybe. Are you and your yes. husband living together? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm just really getting the sense that it's really important for you each. And w- let me ask you this. Was there space between ending the relationship with this person that was in between and getting back with your husband? Was there any space there? Um, About two or three weeks is all. Okay. So basically no. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. So even though you and your husband are back together and living in the same place, I highly recommend you both take some, just make a concerted effort to spend some time doing your own thing by yourself. Right. Um, so making sure that you have a nice morning routine and or evening routine. I don't know the size of your house or the setup, but maybe even considering sleeping in separate bedrooms not necessarily on the purpose of creating separation, but just creating some space to where you both can be in your own space, do your own work, and then come back together during times when you're both in the house or on a date night or after. We do have separate like places that we spend the majority of our time. Okay. We aren't one of those couples that spend, you know, like both in the living room all evening or something. We both are, I'm usually in the bedroom and he's in the den. So we do have a lot of time that's not. Okay, great. So here's what I'm going to recommend. Definitely continue doing your work. I would also have a very serious conversation with your husband about him doing his own work. So if you want to help him find some resources, that's great. But just make sure that he follows through, whether it's, again, listening to podcasts, reading a book, and again, there are mm-hmm. lots of male coaches who speak to men in relationship. And if you need some recommendations, I can give you some offline. Yeah, that'd be great. 
I don't know that many, but I know there are definitely a few. And then definitely sign up for couples therapy. There's a lot of resources. I mean, you know, most therapists that do couples therapy take insurance. There's also a lot of online sources like talk therapy. I know there's others that I hear on podcasts all the time. I don't know them off the top of my head, but you can actually meet with a therapist online. So that might be a little bit easier just depending on your schedule and timing. Mm-hmm. But that to me just feels like the two most important pieces. And then kind of the cherry on top or whatever is definitely spend some time, you know, him doing his own thing, you doing your own thing. But I would also schedule in some very intentional time together. So when you work with a couples therapist, you're going to probably have some assignments and tools and conversations to have. So you definitely want to schedule that in. But I also highly encourage you having um, quality time or, you know, date nights and that kind of stuff with your husband and almost kind of start dating again. And one recommendation I have is you alternate who plans the date. I know you have a son and so you may not be able to go out necessarily. If you can get a babysitter, he's older. Great. Okay. So then you can go out or it can be a date in, but if your son's older, you might want to go out. So you plan one week, he plans the other week. It doesn't have to be expensive or extravagant. It can just be like a picnic in the park or a hike or a walk or whatever. And what I also want you to do is if you plan the date, for example, like it's your week to plan, then you ask him out on the date. If he plans, then he asks you out on the date and so forth. And that just really invites this, you know, kind of like the fun part of dating. Mm -hmm. In some ways, you are reintroducing yourselves to each other. And if you're committed to this work, it is in some ways getting to know each other again. Because you're getting to know your true self. He's going to get to know his true self by doing Mm -hmm. this. And so I know you live together. So date and have fun and be curious and basically like, you know, treat the relationship as you would if it was a new relationship. So when you'd only been dating a couple of months or a few months and you were just exploring and seeing if the relationship had potential or longevity, like that's, that's what I would tell I like that. I hadn't thought of it that way. Great. Great. Good. So I'm glad that was helpful. Was this helpful? Yes. Yes, it really was. <laughs> good. Good. I'm so glad. Other than my cold and sounding all creaky. No worries. I can't even notice. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the show and asking your question. I know a lot of other women listening to this are likely reconciling or considering reconciling. And I think you gave them a lot of good things to chew on. So thank you so much for your time and vulnerability. I appreciate you taking the time to coach me. I loved Amanda brought this topic onto the show because it hasn't been asked before. So thank you, Amanda. And thank you for your courage and your vulnerability. Now, usually when I talk about exes, I'm talking about how to get over an ex and I'm talking about no contact and I'm talking about looking for the soul lessons and taking them off the pedestal and allowing yourself space to get over the person and the relationship. Now, you know that we all attract people based on our own patterns and our own inner wounding and and our own ways in which we see the world, the paradigms that we live in. And when we have some sort of aha moment, or we grow in some way, or we realize something about ourselves, or we heal something, then often that creates a shift in a relationship. And that's usually when the relationship ends, or at least when it gets to a rocky place. And depending on the other partner and where they are, whether they may or may not be willing to go on that path with the person who has experienced that shift or that person who's experienced that shift might have gotten like a, whoa, this person is not for me. And ultimately, that is when breakups happen. Now, usually I think breakups happen for a reason. I don't think any relationship is a waste of time. I think all relationships are for your healing. They are for your spiritual growth. And they all lead you towards ultimately where you are meant to go in this life and ultimately who you are meant to be with. And when a relationship completes, I tend to believe that that relationship is complete. It's time to do the work around that relationship to reflect, to learn, to grow, to understand more about myself, to understand more about what I want, what I don't want, and then move on. However, sometimes for whatever reason, the relationship isn't complete and there is conversation around reconciliation. Now, I know a lot of times there are relationships that are kind of on again, off again. And I think in those relationships, it's more about 
that relationship feels really safe and comfortable because even if it may not be ultimately what you want, you kind of know how to deal, you kind of know how to manage, and that can just feel comfortable and people like to feel comfortable. And sometimes we can confuse that comfortness with love. And so that's an on again, off again relationship, not talking about that so much here obviously talking about reconciling, but I think the biggest risk with reconciling is getting right back into the old habits and old patterns of the relationship from the first time around. And this is something that I brought up with Amanda. It's her biggest fear. And it's always my biggest concern whenever I'm coaching anyone around going back to a partner. And I'm not going to go through the exact steps of what to do and what should be some of your deal breakers. I listed that out pretty clearly with Amanda. So if you need to go back and rewind and write some of the steps down if you need. But what I want to do here is I want to go over some ways to know if it's still worth pursuing reconciling the relationship or if it's falling into that on again, off again feel where it's really more about going back to the other person or they're coming back to you because it feels safe and comfortable and you and or your partner might be confusing that with love. So how to know how to stay or leave. So the first way is if your gut is telling you to leave, then you got to listen to your gut. You do not have to justify it logically. You do not have to listen to what anyone else is saying, including your partner, including me, including your mom, including your roommate, including your cousin, including your sister, including anyone. If your gut is saying, you know what, I'm just not really feeling this, then you got to do what you need to do to get out of the relationship. Another way to know if it may not be such a great idea to stay continuing the relationship is if you're doing more than 50% of your share in the relationship. Now, I mentioned this to Amanda, each person is 100% responsible for their 50%. I might have said it in the form of you have to clean up your side of the street, they have to clean up their side of the street. And that is 100% true. So in Amanda's case, you'll notice that she's doing a little bit more of the work. She's really trying to work on herself and to grow and to reflect and do what needs to be done in order to create the relationship. Relationship. Now, it does seem that there is a willingness from her partner, but he needs to start stepping up in order to make this relationship have potential to last, because otherwise it will fall into the old patterns. And doing more than your fair share of the relationship's work is super common for women generally, but definitely people pleasers specifically. So if you tend to please, if you feel guilty a lot, if you feel like you're always taking care of other people or whatever, then you want to be extra cautious if you are falling into this pattern. It is not your job to fix your partner's triggers or to fix your partner's wounding or inner child stuff. I know you know about it. And so sometimes it's really easy to accidentally fall into the role of coach or therapist, but you've got to stay out of that because it's just not going to work in the long run. And also it's not your job. Okay. And that kind of goes along with the next thing, which is if you're working with a coach or a therapist, or you're going on retreats, or you're doing the work, you're listening to the podcast, reading books, journaling, meditating, all that kind of stuff, but your partner's not doing anything to change their triggers or to grow, then you're going to have serious problems and you will get into the old patterns because these patterns are really deep and you know that they don't just change because someone said they're going to change, right? You are listening to this podcast, which tells me that you are not just interested in finding love, but you are interested specifically in doing the inner healing and the deeper work to find a really deep and connected type of relationship, an intimate relationship, right? And so what that means is you know that saying, okay, I'll be more vulnerable or okay, I'll listen to the red flags next time or okay, I'll communicate better or whatever, like that just doesn't work because if that worked, then I don't know, we'd all be size two and we'd all have a million dollars and none of us would have bad habits, right? Like we know, you know, that saying that you're going to do something is very, very different than actually doing the work that has created poor behavior or poor habits in the first place. So it's great that you are owning some of the mistakes that you've made. It's great that Amanda is owning some of the mistakes that she made in the relationship. This is not all on her ex-husband. It's on her too. It takes two to tango, but her husband has to start doing this work too and not just saying he's changed or saying that he has new perspective or whatever. Because 
once things get back to quote unquote normal, then that's when people get a little too comfortable. And that's when you start doing life again together. And that's when it's easy to get triggered or have a bad day and say some things or do some things and then fall into old habits and patterns. Okay, the next way to know if you should stay or to leave is if the burden of why the relationship wasn't working or why it quote unquote failed in the past is on you. So if your partner is saying, well, you didn't trust me, or you were too much, or you did this, or you did that, and they're not taking any responsibility, then that's going to be a big problem. And that's not going to be a kind of person that you want to be in a relationship with. I'm not going to spend too long on this point. I talked about it a lot with Amanda, and I also kind of talked about it in the last point. And yeah, you can own the mistakes that you made. You can own the ways in which you want to grow, but it is not only your fault. And if you're with someone who is basically making the burden on you, then you're going to have a really hard time creating the relationship that I know you ultimately want. Okay, this next one is a big one. When describing your relationship, the first thing you say is, well, you know, relationships are hard or relationships are a lot of work. Now, the thing that comes to mind here is the finale of Bachelor in Paradise. I did not do a bonus recap episode of this, so I'll just briefly mention, but for those of you who followed along or watched the season, know that Chris and Katie had quite a tumultuous relationship throughout the summer, and they come onto After the Final Rose or whatever they're calling their finale show. And the first thing that Katie said when the host, Chris Harrison, asked Katie how her and contestant Chris were doing is she said, well, relationships are hard. And yeah, relationships can be hard. Relationships do require work. Relationships don't just happen. You know, when you first meet someone, there is that honeymoon period. Like we know this, this is backed by data. This is backed by science. But once you start getting into quote unquote regular life, yeah, you do have to start making intentions and putting it on the calendar to have sexy time or to have date nights or to have important conversations or to emotionally connect because it can be too easy to just turn on the TV or play on your phones or just talk about life logistics. So yeah, in that sense, it does take work, but it's not hard. And it's not work in the sense of like, Oh, I've just got so much work. Like it's not that heaviness feeling. It's kind of like, yeah, I put intention, I put energy behind my relationship, but it's not a burden or it's not something that feels heavy. That's not to say that there aren't hard periods in a relationship. So for example, my husband, he herniated his a disc in his back in February 2018. And it was really, really severe herniation. And he was basically on bed rest for about six months till he had surgery. And then he had surgery recovery. That was a hard time in our relationship. It was hard because he couldn't really do anything except for lay on the couch and watch TV or talk to me or read magazines or play on his phone or whatever. And it was really hard because we had just moved to Colorado and we wanted to move there specifically because we wanted to ski and hike and be outdoorsy and do all these things. And we weren't really able to do it. And it put a lot of strain on our relationship. I was frustrated, not really at him, just in the situation, but he would get frustrated at me because I would be frustrated with him and he was also in pain. And so his temper was a little shorter than normal because he was in this serious pain all of the time. And so it was a really, really hard period. But that's very different than being in a relationship with someone for a few months or even a couple of years and already saying, relationships are just hard. So if that's how you're describing the relationship, then that might be a sign of maybe the relationship's a little too hard and it's time to find a relationship that's just a little bit easier and brings a little bit more lightness and joy into your life. And finally, how to know if you should stay or leave is if you're wondering your expectations are too high, if you ask for what you want, if you want to have conversations that are more deep, that are emotional, if you want to go to therapy, if you want to have date nights, if you want to do all these things, and you're kind of made to feel needy or like, oh, other people don't do that. You know, our friends down the street don't do that. Then that might not be quite the relationship for you because, You just maybe want different things out of life or different things out of a relationship. And that's totally fine. You might be at two different intellectuals, emotional or spiritual levels. 
And that's fine. It's just like you're speaking two different languages and it doesn't mean your partner is bad, doesn't mean you're bad. It just may not be the right relationship for you. Now, I'm sure I could keep going on and on and on, but I hope that this has given you some insight as to whether or not a relationship is worth pursuing. And I think the most important thing here is, yeah, relationships take work. Yeah, relationships take time and intention especially over the long run so that you don't run into roommate status or friend status or business partner's status, you know, just running the household. So yeah, they take work, but they're not supposed to feel heavy. They're not supposed to feel burdensome. You're not supposed to feel burdensome either. All right, my dear, that is all I have for you this week. And the next episode of the Love Life Connection. It is a solo episode and is part one of a three-part series on why high-achieving women specifically have some problems and struggles around dating that other women may not face. I know that's many of you. So I know you will love the episode, or I hope you will love those episodes and those will be in your earbuds soon. And again, if you are a coach or want to be a coach and you want my support in helping you build a thriving coaching practice, then make sure you head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaches. And that is a place where you can learn a little bit more about what it's like to work with me and have me help you build your coaching practice. And it's also the place to sign up for a phone call so that we can discuss it to see if it is the next right step for you. Again, I announced this on my email earlier this week at the time of this recording, so I don't know if there are any spots available. But if not, still come on over so that you can get on the wait list. Because again, if there are enough people on the wait list, I won't announce those spots being open to the public. All right, my dears, that is all I've got for you. I will see you next time on the Love Life Connection. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.